0: We have been talking about fruit, about bearing fruit, and the last two times, uh, there was two weeks ago, we looked at some conditions of bearing fruit. Now, I, I just want to try to very quickly catch you up in that God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to bear much fruit, and He wants you to bear fruit that lasts Everybody say amen. I need y'all to kind of engage. I know the sun's finally shining. It's been raining. We've been kind of cooped up, um, but we're here. To, we're here to hear God's word this morning, right? God's going to be speaking to you this morning. Open up your ears so that you're hearing. Um, it says, "Those that have ears to hear, let them hear." So I'm trying. Let's do that. Let's open up our ears. So we saw from uh, two weeks ago that. In order to bear fruit, we must have deep roots. Without the root connected, without your roots going down deep and being connected, you cannot bear fruit. Trees will not bear fruit without roots, right? Without the roots, there are no fruit. Today, step number two on being fruitful is I must eliminate the weeds. In my life, anybody have weeds? It's about to be that season. I don't like that season. It's hard. It's tough. Liz, will you go ahead and put up? I'm, I didn't have this in my notes, but I added it this morning as Elizabeth was reading from this exact same scripture. Real quick, quickly, this is the parable of the seed and the sower, and this is the meaning of the parable: the seed. And Liz, I jumped us in too early. We needed to read before that. Um, can you just bring up Luke chapter 8, verse 1? And I'm going to have you fast forward until we find what I want. Luke chapter 8. Yep, next one. Yep, next one. This is all good. Y'all should go back and read it. Next one. <laughs> next. There we go. Thank you. A sower went out to sow seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse 8, verse, uh, we skipped one. Did we skip one? Yeah, we skipped one. We missed the good soil. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he said these things, he cried, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I forgot that part was even in there. So yeah, God, we're we're hearing you. (laughs) Then his disciple says, what does that mean? Does anybody ever get in the word and you just kind of get stumped and just say, what does that mean? I want you to know that part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to teach you. God's Spirit's in you. So when you get stuck, stop and say, God, what does that mean? and sit and ponder for a little while. There's a word in the uh, Psalms that says, Selah. And basically just pause. We get in too big of a hurry. Slow down, dig. You might need to dig a little bit to find out what that meant. There are so many great commentaries. My Bible has a commentary built into it. You have apps on your phone to be able to find out what these things mean. And here, these people, these, these disciples are getting taught by Jesus and are having to say, what? What are you saying? So he explains. To you, it's been given to know the, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest, it's given in parables that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Keep on going, Liz. Next one. Now, the parable is this something you must catch. The seed is the word. No word, no seed. I don't care what kind of ground you have. You got the best ground out here, the best the best property out here in Putnam County to grow whatever you're wanting to grow. You know, our area is made to grow certain things, but if you don't sow it, it doesn't grow. I don't care how much we pray. I can pray over a piece of land and pray for corn to come up, but if corn hasn't been planted, I can pray until I go blue in the face. No corn's coming up. I've got to sow. So what must be done in you? Let's just start there. This has nothing to do with my sermon today, but it has everything to do with you bearing fruit, is you got to get the seed. The seed is the word. You must be in the word. I really just want to stay there, but let's keep going. Next scripture. The seed is the word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those that hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rock, this is, can we go to the next one? The seed on the rocky soil represents those that hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while then they fall away when they face temptation. Then the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those that hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. We all pray with me just a minute? Father, in Jesus' name, we believe your word. We trust your word. We believe that this is you speaking God, we have made a commitment to follow you. Now, Lord, let us hear your word and follow it. Period. Jesus' name, amen. If you're gonna be fruitful, if you're gonna be productive, you not only have to have deep roots, you've got to eliminate the weeds. And Jesus illustrated this in the parable of the sower and the seed. Talks about the farmer that goes out to sow seed and on four different types of soil. And those four different types of soil represents Four different types of heart conditions. You, don't, you may not know it, but you have a heart condition. You don't have to go to the doctor to find out you have a heart condition. It's one of four. Which one do you have? Do you have a hard heart? Do you have an impulsive heart? Do you have a crowded heart? Or do you have a good heart? I think we all kind of want to say I have a good heart, but I think we could all say we probably have a little bit of all of them if not a lot of some of them. All in Luke chapter eight, but it's in all the gospels. So it's important. This, this one from the gospel was told to us four different times. It's important. The seed is the word of God that fell on different types of soil. And one of the kinds of soil is called the soil that has weeds in it. And it says the seed fell among the weeds and it stands for those who hear the word of God. But when it starts to sprout, it says the weeds of the worries of this life and the cares of this life and materialisms and riches and the pleasures and hobbies and what, crowd, what crowds think. All these things choke them and the fruit never ripens because of the weeds. Can tell you that this is where the church is. We can go away from church, and this includes myself. I can hear a great book, I can hear a great teaching, and think, man, that's awesome, I'm gonna do that, and I do it for a little while, and then I fall away. You remember what scripture said? Why I fall away is because I don't have deep roots. This stuff gets snatched back away from me and taken. And it says even here in, in Luke chapter eight that it's the devil. He's trying to gather your seed. He's trying to take that away from you so that you miss it. And God's saying, don't miss it. I'm gonna teach you how not to miss it. And part of that is weeding. I don't think they do this as much at, at, my, uh, at our business. i operated a business for seven years. And one thing that we did was we'd just say, hey boys, let's go hit the hillside. And that meant, let's go pick weeds. They hated that. They, they never prayed for cars to be washed unless we were picking weeds. Then they started praying for cars to be washed. <laughs> picking weeds is hard. My mom, we were out picking weeds in a. we had an orchard and I think we had strawberry plants. And I don't know that I was intentionally doing this or unintentionally doing it, but I was kept picking the wrong thing. And I was pulling up the strawberry plants and it was so... Bad that I didn't have to pick weeds anymore. (laughs) I was so bad at it. But you know what? If you go out here and you plant a garden, and I was talking to George Peluga yesterday, and he said it's so wet that you can't even plant your garden. Can you imagine having so much rain that you can't plant? But you know, you plant a seed, you've got to remove the weeds because it's the weeds that choke out our productivity. It's what chokes out the fruitfulness in your life. So I want to ask you, and I want to ask you to do something today, go home and do some weeding. Weeding in your life, making space to slow the pace so that I'm more productive, more effective, more fruitful. And the United States did a study and found that there was at least 205 different varieties of weeds in the United States. And have you ever noticed that weeds grow easier than the other stuff that you're trying to raise? How much effort goes into growing weeds? Zero. No effort. What are the weeds in your life. What are the weeds that hinder and choke your growth, your relationship to Christ and to keep you from developing? To maintain your success and your productivity and your fruitfulness over the long haul, you've gotta be a success sustainer, not a success starter. We've gotta make it to the finish line. There is nothing worse than starting a run and not being able to finish. As a runner, that's one of the most depressing things that can happen to me is to not finish. Now I can finish with a terrible time But finishing does something in my spirit. God says it's better to finish than it is to start. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. God wants us to be finishers. He is the author and the finisher of our... Do you not think he paid every every price for you to finish? We are finishers. Now, maybe that's not your character. It is if you have Christ. Your character is to be a finisher. But notice that it says that the weeds crowded and they choked. How many of you have that in your schedule? It's not written down. You don't see it. But if you were to really dig out your schedule, it says, I'm going to crowd you here and I'm going to choke you there. How many of you get through the week and you did not accomplish what it was that you needed to accomplish? And you can't tell, you don't know why. What took my time? It crowded you. It choked out the things that you needed to do. How many of you have your boss say, you didn't get done what you were supposed to get done this week? Yeah, but I was busy like crazy. Doing what? That's what the Lord would say to you. What are you doing? What's choking these things out? I don't have the energy to read the Bible. I don't have the energy to be in a small group. I need to spend family time instead of come to church. Now, I hear that one. And you know what? That's one that's intended to make me shut up. But I don't believe that makes God shut up. You're giving up the Lord for family. No, God comes first. We're so messed up in thinking that our family and that our recreation and our family time is more important than our God time. If we will make God time, we will have family time. But if we make family time and place at God time, what happens is your family time gets choked out. Not only do you miss God, but you miss family. Your family falls apart because you've messed with your God time. Can anybody see what I'm saying? The Lord even said, hey, your mom's out here. That's not my mom. This is my mom. Those that are spending time with me, this is my family right here. This right here is what comes first. God's word, God's spirit, God's leading comes first. What chokes things out? Now I'm trying to step on toes. My job's not to not step on your toes, my job is to step on your toes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I got one. <laughs> Woo. If you don't have roots in the soil, you're going to dry up. Charles Charles Garfield's a guy who who wrote a book called Peak Performance. And he studied these peak performers in all kinds of fields in the world. And he came up with a common list of characteristics that they all had. He looked at athletes. He looked at singers and CEOs. And what they all had was balance. They had balance in their personal time. They had balance in their work. They had balance in their family. They had balance in their recreational time. God wants you to be able to do all these things. He wants you to enjoy nature. He wants you to work hard. He wants you to produce for your family. He wants you to have family time. But he wants your time. He wants him and you to spend time together. How can you be led by the Spirit of God if you're not ever with the Spirit? How can you be led by God's word if you're never in God's word? You can't. It must come first. I want you to go home and think about this week. What to weed. And I want you to catch something from Luke 2, 252. Jesus had balance in his life. And I want you to see this right here. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom. That's intellectual growth. And he grew in stature. That's physical growth, physical health, and favor with God. That's spiritual growth, and favor with man. That's social growth. Can anybody see that? Wisdom, stature, favor with God and favor with people. Isn't that incredible? Did anybody ever notice that? What a balanced life he spent and showed us. Balance of having physical and spiritual and mental and emotional, all of these things together. And that comes by weeding out the weeds in our lives. Go home today and weed. Weeds are concerns and interests that takes time and energy and keeps you from bearing fruit. So many times we say, I just don't have time to serve. I'd say you need to watch out because God will do some weeding in your life if you're not careful. That's what's going to come next week. Is God prunes. God prunes. God prunes the dead, the unproductive, the stuff that's not working. And to be honest with you, I'm the kind of person that likes to do my own pruning. And God will let us. He's asking us to. He's showing us the parable of the sower to try to say, hey, this is kind of the direction we're going in. If you'd go ahead and start working ahead, I won't have to do these pieces. But if you don't, I love you enough to prune. So why not go home and try to do some pruning? Have you ever heard this expression? Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Now that's kind of an oxymoron. It kind of sounds like it's not, it, it's not saying what it's saying. But you get so busy that you become barren. You don't produce anything. If you think you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. You need to do some weeding. So let's quickly look at what are the types of weeds that we just saw right here from uh, Luke chapter eight. There's three varieties of weeds. Number one, cares and concerns that choke your life. Can I rephrase that? Worry. How many of you allow worry to tank you? I think we could spend a month here there's a scripture that talks about when you have cares and concerns there's a scripture that tells us i think it's in thessalonians cast your um take uh there's a song cast your burdens on jesus for he cares for you cast your cares and your burdens on the lord because he cares for you and these worries will dominate. You know, that word domination, that's, that's uh, witchcraft. When we allow worries, what, what, I think worry is, is the opposite of faith. We've completely lost all focus of God and his word and his promises because we are now only focused of worry, on, the, on this worry. And I think it would be interesting for you to just do your own study of your own worry of how many things you worry about actually pan out in the direction you think because most of them don't. Most of them never. We, uh, Mark, Mark Davis once gave me a book on the seven um, decisions, and it talked about how fear is paying rent on a place you, you're never going to live in. You know, we're, we, we, we let these worries, we pay all this, all this stuff out of our own heart and out of our own soul on things that never even pan out. But yet we give all our resources to these worries. Cares and concerns and our worries. Our bills, our finances, our health. What do you worry about? Second thing, he says, is Riches. How many here worry about your money? I know you do. I do. Riches. Money can be a weed. Greed can be a weed. Can consume your life and choke out the seed, the fruit. You're so busy making money. You're so busy trying to make a living that you don't make a life. What happens, and this has happened to me, is you start making a little bit of money and you forget everything else. What's amazing is, and I'm going to prophesy over you for just a second. You get God right, your money situation's going to improve. You get God right, and I'm not going to tell you you're going to have a billion dollars, but you may just be a John D. Rockefeller. Why not you? Why Rockefeller? God doesn't love Rockefeller more than he loves me. God loves me. I'm his special one. I don't know if you know this, but you're God's special one. He would have sold everything to buy the, the land just for you. So if you get this God thing right, your situation's going to change. And the tendency is when things start going better that you're going to forget your source. And you're going to slowly pull back away. And all of a sudden you're going to find yourself dry again. Why? Because you've derooted. Is that a word? (laughs) Derooted. I've planted my roots somewhere else. In my job, in my finances, in my bank account, in my flourishing. And I have missed the flourisher. Was it Brandon that just said this morning? Uh, I, I get a little bit sideways about it. As long as we get God right, I can't remember, oh, he talked about um, that the God blesses us out of his riches. And I want to go back to Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. But what happens is when we get all the things added, our focus gets off and we're not seeking first anymore. We give the excuses of I'm too busy. I've got to pay our bills. We got April 15th coming up. I don't have time to be in the word. I don't have time to be connected to a small group. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for the body. I don't have time for spirit. I've got to keep working over here. And God says, no, you got it all wrong. I'll take care of that over there if you will just be connected here. We so think that we have got to keep this rat race going and God's saying, please leave the rat race and plug into me. Part of plugging into God is plugging into God's word. God's word. The final thing that we see is uh, pleasures. We seek pleasures. Recreation. The stuff that that, that We love. Chasing the good life and the fun experience. So many people don't come to church because they're at the lake or recreating. Somebody once said they're wrecking creation in recreation. Doesn't really fit, but it kind of does. Wrecking creation. It is those things that are trying to drag you away. And let me tell you, going, going to Cummins Falls now, don't go to Cummins Falls right now. I bet it's not safe. Uh, Windycliffs, love to do the Windycliffs, the nine uh, streams that you have to walk through. I bet it's nuts. Don't go. But when I take my family down there, that's not bad. That's good. These things, po- these things that, we, that, that suck the life out of our life necessarily aren't bad they've just gotten in the wrong order. Can everybody follow follow what I'm saying? Getting our priorities right. God's not trying to suck all the life out of your life, all the fun out of your life, all the finances out of your life, all the pleasures out of your life. No, God, it's God's good pleasure to bless you. But we've got to get the right thing right. And in order to weed, we've got to put God first and remove these other things. Pulling weeds is hard, and if I'm not careful, I'll break the weed off at the top and leave the, the, the root of the weed, and that weed's going to come back. I got to get that weed from the root. I hate weeding. We have a house now that basically just has Grass. I love it. We've got small little flower beds, but even those have to be weeded. We've tried putting the plastic down and rock down, but let me tell you, weeds will grow through pavement. You know, as awesome as you think you are, you've got weeds. You've got weeds. God did not give us this instruction because you don't have them. He gave us this instruction because you have them. You need to go home and do some weeding. Take a look at your schedule. Take a look at your life. And where does God fit? Where is he? Many of you are going home through the week and thinking, God, where are you? You know, I'm needing you. I want you to know you're going to find him. If you will seek him, I promise you'll find him. As we close this morning, the one thing I don't want to leave without telling you is good news. Regardless of what you've walked in here with, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. You may be here today and you may not even know that. That may be complete foreign to you. But I can tell you, I believe that there's something inside you that's saying to you right now, "You know what?" I think he's right. I can't explain why it's right. But there's something in your spirit. Do you know why that's in your spirit telling you that? Because God created you. God is the creator. You're not some freak of nature that happened to just show up because your mom and dad got together. God knew you were coming long before the formation of the earth. He knew you. He knew you were coming. And the fact that you're here... And you are getting to hear something today that is something that will never fade away. God's word will never be shaken. It will stand. The promises that I've given you this morning will not fail. And if you will stand on those promises. And what that basically means is following the word. And John chapter 1 tells us that the word is Jesus. You follow that word and your life is going to change. All I have to give you this morning is good news. If you don't follow it, you're on your own. And that's a tough road. I don't envy that road for you at all. I've done that road. And that road leads to failure and to pain and to destruction. Left on my own, I am a mess. But with Christ, literally, I can do all things would you accept the good news that I'm giving you this morning? That Jesus Christ died for you. He gave everything for you. So that your life may not be a, a, a horrible life, but be an abundant life. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. If you have never received that, today is the day to receive that. Just in your own heart, if you will, just bow your heads. And I'm gonna, We're going to uh, take up the offering and just the Avery Trace offering, but please don't check out on me. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you made the decision that, you know what, my way doesn't work? I'm going to choose a new way, and that way is going to be Jesus Christ. And can we just simplify that? That is just getting in God's Word and following Him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Would you make that decision this morning? The other alternative, Scripture says, I lay before you blessings and curses. Which way do you choose? Make a choice. Follow it. Get help. Get surrounded by other believers and receive what God has for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you as we go home that you would just bring to our minds the weeds that are are sucking the life out of our life, that are hindering us from bearing good fruit and fruit that lasts. Lord, change us. Let us make a turn this morning. We just praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.